Welcome to Touchpoint Ministry Podcast. This is Bethel, and you are listening to Getting Personal with Grace. Let's re-experience grace together. This is for those people who would love to go deeper with their personal Bible study reflections, get in line with Christ-centered study in the books of the Bible, and encounter grace as if for the first time. I am thrilled to share to you what changed my life, the gospel. Join me here in just few minutes of your time and let's get personal with grace. Hello and welcome. This is episode 3 of our Getting Personal with Grace. I'm so excited that you joined me in our quest to a personal touch of grace in Genesis 3. Let's begin with a prayer. Father God, this chapter brings us a very sad tone. It is where we fail. As we uncover your image in this chapter, please open our hearts and bless us with the newness and freshness of devotion to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Genesis chapter 3. Have you ever wished we skipped this part or treat this as a dream that it really did not happen, you know, a mistake that really did not happen? Friends, this is, I think, one of the saddest portion in our Bible. This is a chapter that is very loaded. It's loaded with perspective that we can glean on who really God is. Despite the very sad tone of our failure, of the frustration of humanity, of the sins that we have, you know, welcomed into ourselves, but we see here a very beautiful, beautiful load of perspective of who God really is. So we get the story of the fall of man in chapter 3. Who was God in this story? We get to study here three points as we study on the character of God and who He is in this chapter. We get to have the bad news, the good news, and of course, a beautiful picture of the love and justice. So let's go Let's have point number one, the bad news. We grew up hearing and reading this story, right? It's when one day, Eve was wandering alone in the garden and went close to the tree that God told her not to go close to, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Many have treated it like a test, but more than a test, I believe it is the imagery of God's ulterior motive for man, and that is freedom. He created man as a free being. The tree was more than a test for me. The tree was, as I also read this in, in commentaries, that the tree was giving man the freedom whom to worship. So without the tree, it will just be like a forced worship to God, forced obedience. You don't have a choice but just to be faithful. But with the presence of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it although it's so negative because it will 
give them a choice but that's what freedom is we give people we give individuals their choice because god's government does not function with force so the tree was giving man the freedom of whom to worship is it himself his own way of life or god's ways for man because there is only two choices to to follow the law of god is plain i am the ruler i am the in charge i am the in authority i am the king of the universe and i have you as your god and you are my creation but god is not ruling in a way like a tyrant or with dominance and power no god is not is declaring his sovereignty but he is putting in so much love and affection to all his creation he's that kind of god so man is faced with that kind of you know understanding of god god's government what god says is the law it cannot be revoked it cannot be just easily be you know erased and forget it no it's fixed as his character and the law himself is the law itself is like god himself because the law is treated like god is is personified as god himself because it's all god's character there it's all god's i'm not just talking about the 10 commandments because there are it's not just the embodiment of god's law so we see here a beautiful picture that the law should never be violated if we want to stay with god's government the law that you should not worship yourself you should not become the ruler of your own self because you are not created that way that means if you become the ruler of yourself that means death because a creation will remain a creation and god will remain the creator and if the creation will function without god automatically without the source of life because it's the creator who is the source of life and if the creation will function without the source of life it's just really so hard we will die and that's why the penalty of sin is death because sinning is separation from god separation from your source of life separation from the plans of god so to think of it as a test is like treating us as if we are just god's toy and experiment right so it's not that way and god is looking at us when like if this is your picture of god that we are like toys and experiment we try to look at god as he's just waiting for us to fail and let's see if you're loyal you're faithful or not but god is not like that his government is governed with freedom and not coercion he does not force really it is not force and power that he uses to rule god uses love to rule and it is in humility and service not in display of superiority 
So you see here a very distinct separation from the character of God and the character of the world that is representing Satan. Because the character of Satan is more on the display of superiority, the display of rule and dominion. But Jesus' display is nothing but humility and service and unconditional love. So when Eve took of the fruit and believed the serpent, she was deceived that what God had really said was of no value. She was deceived that God was really having an attitude, you know, withholding something good from them. Satan brought Eve an image of God that is insecure and unstable. It was the self-image of Satan, actually, that he was trying to impress on God. He was trying to project his own self-image to God. Eve, as they are yet to grow in their knowledge and relationship of God, was deceived and happily shared the fruit to his husband. And the first thorn came out. This is according to a book, Desire of Ages. And also you can find this statement in Steps to Christ that when the when sin happened, when when sin was uh, sin started to affect humanity, it also started to affect the entire creation in earth in the earth, in, in the entire universe, not just the entire creation. So the first thorn came, the first leaf weathered, and things in nature started to be odd. Instead of their function is more on giving, the function of creation became more on taking. It is becoming a picture of selfishness, competition, and ruin. And the picture of shame in their nakedness entered into the relationship. So, in the, in the picture of relationship we have in Genesis chapter 2, I wasn't able to point out the nature of a relationship that is free, that is shame-free also. So it's, it's really because I was pointing more on satisfaction. But here we are reminded that in our relationship with God, it's very open. It's very vulnerable, like you can be vulnerable, you can be very open, and yet you are still accepted. You can express yourself who you are, but yet you remain accepted. So this is such an important picture of what a relationship should be. It's open, where people are free to be vulnerable, and in the end, they remain to be accepted, valued as who they are as a person, not in their mistakes. They are not treated in the relationship according to the failures and mistakes they have done. But they are treated as valuable person in God. They are treated in the potentials that they have in the Lord. They are supported in the lives that they are trying to take in Jesus, they are reminded in the lives that they are taking that would not benefit them. So it's it's a very healthy dynamics of freedom, of vulnerability, of discipline and correction, and of acceptance, affirmation, and love. This is the relationship that 
anyone whose life is centered on God will have. This is the promise of that relationship. And friends, I would really like to tell you, that is the essence of the relationship that I'm experiencing right now with with people. It's more on restoration. I know in the past, I have hurt so many people. I have hurt so many individuals because of my temper, because of my principles. But God has given me a new life and I have asked for apology. I didn't know if they have really forgiven me, but I know that as God is working in my heart newness right now, God is also working in their hearts too. So it's just forgiving yourself for all the things that you have done in the past and move on and that is also how beautiful is a relationship that is centered on God's principles because on how God really creates in the relationship the principles that are embedded is that you are free to really accept you are pushed to accept the failures that you have because you will never be condemned you will never be seen as a failure, but you will be seen as still a precious person. And making mistakes and making making wrong decisions is part of life. Although there's an episode of tears because of suffering the consequences, but in a relationship established by God, you will have an assurance that it's not your goodness or your being bad that would attract people to you it's the love of god in their hearts that will bring them close to you so whether you are suffering in the consequences or you are in a happy mountaintop experience these people from god will be magneted or will be attracted to you not because of you but because of the love of god that is placed in their hearts so we have talked so long about relationships now now let's shift to another lens to god's part in the story because you know we have we have this we have explored on the relationship that has happened between the sin and adam and eve and all the principles behind that now let's go on what is the part of God in the story? So the very day they sinned, we know here in the same chapter that God did not delay and sought for them. Meaning God sought for them. God looked for them. This is so amazing to note. Please remember this, that whenever you come to a point of failure, don't you ever dare to think that God will just abandon you and reject you because you're a failure. No, what God will immediately do is not to be angry at you because you were not the best and you just failed. It is to seek for you because your automatic mode as a human is to hide from God and to run away from Him. So friends, please remember, He maintains His distance with sin, but never the sinner, to the sinner. He never distances Himself to the sinner. God knows fully well the story of humanity. 
Humanity was deceived by the real enemy. Man is not the real enemy of God. With a sin in man's heart, man is not the enemy. It was really Satan. We need to always think of that. God sought for them and like all of us, when we sin, we do ourselves to cover it up. You know, like when we sin, like the like Adam and Eve, we really cover up, they covered up themselves with leaves, with fig leaves. And it, you know, many interpretations are saying that it's just telling us of a, the earning of salvation thingy for men that they want to work so hard to earn again their dignity and their place in God's eyes you know when I was still in this in this perspective like I thought I could live a perfect life so I really wanted to relive my life from the very beginning and then you know try to establish a perfect life but you know what it just lasted for a week and then i went back to my humanity i went back to struggles to things misunderstandings of life that i couldn't figure out the solution and it was just so messy so friends let us not really run away or we when we run away let us never ever think that god will never find us no and he is not someone that he is looking for us because he wanted us to have the consequences he wanted to punish us no he is looking for us because he wanted to establish restoration so man is not the real enemy you're not the real enemy of god and god doesn't want you to cover yourself because it's not your work it's god's work so man can never cover the shame that sin caused whenever we fall there is no self-repair possible there is no self-preservation possible there is no self-restoration possible although we all of these three are the resorts we are doing again and again when we fall we do self-repair on our own we do self-preservation we do self-restoration and these doesn't end but it should only be god's repair god's restoration god's preservation transformation and never ours only god's way lasts and leaves us with no side effects this the only side effect is the consequence that that you know is rested on our shoulders because we did that thing but as long as we allow god to move still it is his work to strengthen us to push us to give us hope to give us courage amidst the consequences so in total everything that man undergoes here god is doing everything beside him god is not missing a single activity that he is not there assisting you trying to save you trying to impress you trying to work his best for you that's how god loves you that's how god still wanted you despite of your sins despite of your failures and mistakes that's how we picture god so point number two the good news this chapter may be the saddest but we also get the best news or the good goodest news if we can use that word no just a joke the good news in this chapter and what is that good news 
that is the declaration of the gospel. The first gospel. The gospel in the biblical context is the announcement that the king has won. There is this runner who will shout from the war that we have, I have a good news. That's why Isaiah said, blessed are those feet that proclaim good news. Freedom to the poor and the captives and the rest goes on. That feat is the feat of the messenger who shouts the victory of the king from the from afar, from a war that it's the battle has been won. That is the gospel, Evangelion. So friends, here in Genesis 3, in the midst of the fall, God declared the good news. Can you imagine? God did not wait for men to be sober to declare the good news he sought for them to for god to make them sober again and go back to their senses because they will never be without god extending the his love for them they can never go back so here friends we are given this picture that we have the gospel amidst our failures we have the gospel at the center in the middle of us sinning and falling into sin, we have the gospel. So if you are aware that you are sinning and in the middle of your failure, please don't forget that you have a chance to grasp and grab the gospel, the good news. So friends, God, you know, God is trying to declare here that God will be man's defender fighter and savior and there is defeat for this enemy satan god himself he said will fight a personal fight the fight his children needed to fight is what the uh, it is god who will fight for them can you imagine are we doing anything here friends we are not if we really understand the beautiful story behind this, we're not doing anything actually. It was all really God doing His best. You know, when He declared Adam and Eve in this chapter, Adam and Eve, you have a Savior. You have the good news because this Savior will trample the head of the enemy. He will crush the head, although He will hurt His heel, but He will kill this enemy. God himself will fight a personal fight, the fights his children needed to fight. I'm repeating this because this is so beautiful. He will fight face to face with Satan, but not in power, not in might of a king or a warrior, but as a humble man, a tiny baby, a simple boy and an ordinary man. He has no armies but himself. He has no allies but himself. He had 12 disciples, but they all ran away and abandoned him. He has no arms but his soul. He has no strength but his love. And he has the whole heaven, but he has the whole heaven guiding him and fighting the battles for him. It was not the sole battle of Jesus. There was heaven, there was the Trinity looking down and putting and helping him and bringing him to the will of the Father. Friends, this is such a very beautiful picture of what Jesus will do to us. 
the same way the same way he was strengthened the same way he was guided is also the promise of god to us he will defeat satan and yes he did it at the cross many many years ago the final defeat of satan will also happen soon god declared the defeat of satan in front of adam and eve in the hearing of his precious children god made them hear him say the good news that it may be their hope their sole hope in their journey outside the embrace of god genesis 3:14 says so the lord said to the serpent because you have done this cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life and i will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her and hers he will crush your head and you will strike his heel we are not here to really point out the significant meaning word for word line for line but we get the broader aspect and meaning of this that there is good news because god is in charge of the fight god is in charge of the battle He is not far away. He is the one fighting for us. He was alone. He is alone, but he was victorious. So, last point, point number 3, love and justice of God. The law of God was broken, right? And the only payment was death. That was not just an easy, you know, eating of fruit, but it was about who will become my God. So, justice must be served. And Adam and Eve and all of us are to die and be separated from God forever. That is our faith because of sin. But before this happened, Jesus in heaven already volunteered to be man's savior. Can you imagine how deep and how personal God is to us? Jesus didn't want to lose you. Jesus didn't want to miss didn't didn't want you to miss heaven. doesn't want you to miss heaven. God wants you there. God wants you back not just to experience the lion, the the bears, the trees, the fruits, but to experience him. Finally, you will experience his enduring love, great love, great acceptance. God want that for you. So friends, this sacrifice of Jesus at the cross was really actually for you man's home is god your home is god god's heart and jesus promised that he will do what is necessary to be done to bring back god to bring back man into the arms of god jesus died for the death man deserved to receive many times we accuse god of cruelty when all we want to happen does not happen When death, illness and poverty strike us, we go for the thought of cruelty of God. But is he really cruel? Is his justice not fair? He took the punishment we all deserve to have. Is this fair? This is so unfair for him. Friends, this is so serious kind of love and justice. Yes, he is justice, but he is love. His justice is not the picture of punishment, 
and condemnation as Satan wanted it for us to believe. That's a lie. His punishment, his punishment is love. His justice is love. It's not a picture of condemnation. It's always a picture of restoration and forgiveness. I really like how Isaiah penned this mission of Jesus. Surely, he took up our pain. By the way, this is in Isaiah 53, chapter chapter 53, verses 4 to 6. Surely, he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God and stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. But by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Friends, I'm in tears really of how God is really so personal so intimate to us he really doesn't want us miss heaven because he really doesn't want us to miss the embrace and the love of god that would be forever wow that was an intense study friends i hope your hearts are open to god's very close very intimate and very personal expression of His grace in Genesis chapter 3. I really appreciate you joining me. God bless you. Thanks for joining me today at Touchpoint Ministry Podcast. Remember that you can also find Touchpoint Ministry on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for more Christ-centered related contents. God bless you in your walk today and may His grace abide in you. I'm Bethel. Hope you join me again for another life-changing study on grace.